What up, you marks? And welcome to Pod Jobbers, baby. It is April 23rd, and you have four incredible gentlemen joining you today to talk to you about a lot of stuff in the wrestling community. We're going to get ourselves kicked off here. Starting off, Seal Kids, say hi to the fans, Mark. What up, bro? Too sweet. Deucey, say hello. Hello, your king is back. The king is back. Tiger King. And <laughs> making his triumphant return, Brett Moore. What's up, brother? <laughs> Good to be back. Good I to be back. I gave him the whistles, and he goes with brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I am your host, the villain, Dylan renaming no, my, my zoom cast right now <laughs> so we can line up all right let's get us started here gents let's go with a little swerve bro we ask each other questions on the spot brett it's been a while why don't you start us off uh i'm completely unprepared for this at the moment so um <laughs> i guess have we ever done like a best fin like what's your favorite finisher have we ever done the favorite finisher one I don't think so. I think we did Not before here. these two gents joined, but you know what? Let's rehash it because I'm curious to hear them. See all kids start us off. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Um, if we're gonna all time thing here, or are we going current? I don't know how you guys rolled with it last time. One of each. Okay, oh, fine. Really? The stunner is the obvious pick because of just the explosion and the ridiculousness. You know, it, it hits on anybody. You don't have to pick them up. I never really botch it other than Vince or The Rock. Um, but it's just – it's clearly the best finisher ever to me back then. You know, it just had to pop in the automatic. Like, there was no kicking out of the stunner unless you're at WrestleMania or something. Like, you can kick out of any other body's finisher on a, on a solid pay-per-view, but not that one. So, definitely that. I think underrated side choice would have been the pedigree. I really liked the pedigree. That was one of my more liked and famous serve back then. Um, then coming to current, it's hard not to go RKO. Uh, it's tough for me to even really consider that current. It feels more of a – you know, an old school. So I, I can't pick that. Um, I guess I'll roll with the F5. I think it's the finisher that you get a little big guys out there. Ah, doozy. Come on now. Eh, you were doing that either way. So. The- <laughs> <laughs> Room full of dudes, why not? <laughs> the F5 to me is, is everything that is wrong with a guy like Braun Strowman. Take Braun Strowman. He's got this lame-ass finisher. It's dull. He's not very good on the mic. That's fine. But he doesn't speak much anyway. Um, if you gave him the F5 or something that's just dynamic, it just, it just showcases your power, it really makes him more of a threat. That little soft power slam he does is, is, is kind of weak, and it's, it's pointless, and it doesn't have the oomph that a big guy has. So finally, somebody without a choke slam and with a great move. I love the F5. Where are you rolling with that, Deuce? I mean, easily number one my all-time favorite is the sweet <coughs> it is i mean you hit that sucker out of nowhere turn around get popped with it you know even when he's refereeing like okay i'm gonna kick this guy in the face it's awesome it's a great move it's classic people have been stealing it now forever they don't call it sweet chin music it's just a super kick you gotta do the stops for it to be sweet oh yeah that's right i mean you got to right. the band exactly and from there i mean it's just because that's Shawn Mike. and I guess if I were to pick, I don't know, is that older or is that modern? What would we call that? 
Older? Yes. Yeah. All time. So, so I guess, I guess then my more modern one would probably be. Oh man, what is the name of? Um, Man, Ember Moon, what's her finisher? Oh, you son of a bitch. That's what I was going to say. Sorry, what? Dude, no oh way. my gosh. That move is so yeah. badass. Coming off the top rope, hitting that stunner. Shut up, CL Kid, because you know Don't it's screw, awesome. buddy. No, no, no. Okay, screw off the top rope. Okay, but it's so much like the, the backpack stunner from John Cena, where it becomes this thing that <sighs> so often it's so botchy, and like sometimes you hit it and it's not crisp and it doesn't have the reaction, and the, the ref, you hear the analyst like, Oh, like, yeah, that was it. That was the finisher. Like, yeah, one, two, three. But it's never like crisp, and it's hard for me to really like. I would, I have to bro kick more than I like that. Like, oh, is it because she's a black up. person doing a finisher? At the time, <laughs> is that your problem? I don't like top finishers. I, why not? The Swantown Bond's a great finisher. Yeah, if you want to take a nap, he falls on no, half no, of the bottom. We're, we're moving on. We're throwing you out, and we're going under the villain. Top top finishers are never good. So I can't believe I have to actually clarify this, but I have to say the Stone Cold Stunner is my favorite stunner of all time. Absolutely. And then currently, I would actually go with the zigzag. I'm a big fan of that move from Dolph Ziggler. I like it a lot. Um, but Sweet Chin Music, I mean, that's, that's, like, that's a very close second. Um, but yeah, zigzag. You still have an Owen Stunner. It's way better than the Stone Cold. The KO think- Stunner? That's right. Um, the KO Stunner. The Ziggler finish, uh, zigzag has almost become a secondary finisher now. You realize, Cause he, yeah, because he's the, using the sweet chin music. He would hit the famouser as his setup, and then the zigzag as finisher. Then he went away from that. He goes the zigzag as a setup, and the sweet chin as the, which is, mm, I'm not a big fan. Super of. kick. There's too many super kicks now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's watered, it's saturated move. Brett Moore, your question, your answer. Uh, all time, I'll go with the tombstone. Uh, oh. Just. God. Just because the tombstone that meant the end, yeah. you know, you, yeah. nobody kicked out of the tombstone. What it was, Brock Lesnar did. Yeah, Brock Lesnar <laughs> kicked out of it. But I mean, it was seriously years and years and years and years and years, and nobody ever kicked out of the tombstone. And plus, you know, he could do it to anybody, <clears throat> you know. And it was, it looked devastating. You drop him on his head, and then they just fall forward, and he puts the arms over his chest like that. For the pin, I dug it. And then uh, for my newer one, since uh, Deuce already said the Eclipse, that's my real one. But, you know, second place would have to be, uh, I still love Seth Rollins' curb stomp. Oh, that sounds so racist. It, <laughs> it's, uh, it's sweet, you know, and he hits it on everybody. It looks devastating. It's what a finisher needs to be. That's I agree. That's a good point. That finisher you know, is but uh, my CL kid my CL kid name was started from WWE old two K games where I created myself, gave myself CL Kid as the name because I had to have it I wanted to use a two part name because I didn't like how it said C L. So I was like shit. Like a CL kid. <laughs> and then I gave myself the finisher, the curve stomp was in the game before Rollins started doing it. And I was like, Ah, I like this and then he started doing it and you know, did more with it than I could. <laughs> so oh burn it down all right uh well next to uh swerve us let's go with a little deucey action you gonna swerve us bro all right i've actually already mentioned this to you guys earlier um is money in the bank 
the actual, you know, climbing up the corporate building, is it going to be a shit show or a cinematic masterpiece? I'm going to start with you, CLK. You look like you, you look like you got some hate in your heart. Go ahead. I do. It's been a rough morning. Um, I think, honestly, it's more about the expectation. For me, I've kind of calmed down and and try to take the backseat to just being angry all the time about how terrible this no fan coronavirus WWE has been and try to give them some credit. Um, obviously, that last week we had spoke, or two weeks ago, my list item was the Monday Night Raw not being anything big and not being a, a spectacular like it usually is on the first night after Mania. But mm. I think this, I don't know how they're going to approach it, but I don't know if they're going to make it cinematic at any point. I don't know if it's going to just be a, you know, people climbing stairs and dragging each other down or what it's going to be. Is there still going to be a ladder on the roof or is there going to be a ring on the roof? Because you just never know in that regard. If they put the ring on the roof and they put the ladder in there and it's kind of a fight to lead up and then you still get the match essentially, you know, who knows? So I won't dog it. I think I'm going to go in and say it'll be, it'll be a thumbs up just mainly because it's, it's tough to recreate any other good matches right now with no crowd. And this pay-per-view allows you to have that magic. And you saw what they did with the ladder match at Mania. So if they introduce any kind of ladders, which there's no way you can avoid that, I think it'll go well. Go. Um, 50-50. I mean, it's – I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I think it has just as – I know it sounds like a cop-out, but, I mean, I had such low expectations for both of the, you know, the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. Mm. I thought they were both going to suck. Like, I thought it was going to be like that – that Bray Wyatt Randy Orton match that they had uh, a couple years back that blew absolute dick. Like I, that's what I was expecting. And when it comes out and it's super duper cheesy, but like in a really fun and entertaining way, both of them were and such di- so different too. Like they were both cheesy and weird and bizarre and surreal, but in their own way. And, you know, they knocked those out of the park. So I think it's just as, easy for them to come in and knock this one out of the park as well. But then again, these are kind of like, this is kind of what, if I had, if I had one criticism of WWE, it would be that they do tend to take good things and just beat them into the ground. You know, they did that with hell in a cell. They did that with the money in the bank match. You could argue, you know, so what I'm afraid of is they're going to make, find go off this thing that was really really good that nobody was expecting to be good and then just you know drop down shit all over it that's what i'm worried about but i don't know Uh, so uh sean cusack's weighing in he's uh he's saying it definitely has huge potential to be fun um and i agree i think this will actually be very similar to the edge orton match at wrestlemania how they kind of went around the entire performance center and beat each other up. I think this will be very similar to that. Um, Keep in mind that the end of the match concludes with them actually ascending upon a ladder on the top of the headquarters. So there's still going to be that element. I'm just curious to see how many actual wrestlers make it that high. Um, I I got, I got, I agree with Sean. I think it's going to be really good potential. Um, The thing that's not in their favor is they already blew their load at WrestleMania. So, you know, they're going to have to live up to that hype or surpass it, which is going to be very hard. You guys make great points here, you know, especially, you know, CLK, I like that idea of having a natural ring on top of that whole building. 
Um, but then I, I, I just see it kind of like, what was that? The, the X division where they had the belt atop of the entire thing. They had to, so, I mean, how else are you going to get a belt hanging from there? Is there going to be a copter? Oh, my gosh. And there's a chopper hanging up there? <laughs> yeah. So, that's star-based. <laughs> yeah. But I honestly believe, I think they're going to make this cinematic. Because how, many, how else are you going to get, you know, what, seven people going, figuring out where they're going to be? So, I mean, you got to have cameras in different spots. Or else mm-hmm. you are going to have chaos like the Orton uh, edge match where the guy, camera guy's running around. I don't want to see that. I need people in place ready to catch all the action. That's just me. And, you know, the, the, they've done great stuff. If they can continue it, I'll still watch. I didn't – I mean, like I told you guys, I, I've stopped watching Raw and – I don't care. It doesn't seem fun. If they keep giving me something to watch, yeah, okay, it'll be good. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully something does pan out. Awesome. Great question. Great swerve. Speaking of swerves, CL Kid, how are you going to swerve us, bro? So earlier in the week, I had post on the Wrestling Life group that photo of, it's one of those, you have to get rid of one, and they had uh, The Rock, Undertaker, oh. Austin, and Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Sorry, mm-hmm. keep four, drop one. Uh, a lot of people went with Triple H, who I think is underrated, so on and so forth, whatever. But it got me thinking, if you had to recreate, you know, those five have always kind of been tied together because of that error, clearly. If you had to recreate those five after them, who would they be in your list? And then who would you drop from that five? So if you want, we can cut it down to four and drop one, but up to you. Just for example, if I were to say John Cena, CM Punk, you know, JBL, I'm not saying these are my people, Brock Lesnar, you know, any of those people from that era, who would your people be? And I don't care who takes up first here, but just to build a little Mount Rushmore of the post-attitude era. Let's roll with the guy who clearly wants to speak, Doozy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm to make a list on the spot. So okay. I'll, you know, yeah. Um, Why don't we agree on a list and then take turns? How about that? All right, I'm going in CM Punk. All right, CM I'm Punk. Edge. Edge. John Cena. Orton. Uh, Orton, yeah. Okay, and then we need, a, we need a fifth yeah, or a cool fourth. You have five and you got to drop one. Um, after uh, that, who do you think really makes that Mount Rushmore? I was thinking, I'm like, dang, who is like today's Mount Rushmore in that, in that content? So what about like a uh, – I don't know. It's tough. I mean, exactly. That's so hard. Lesnar? I. No, that's that, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, no Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's kind of who you have to go with. Yeah. All right, let's go with Lesnar. All right, so we have Cena, Orton, uh, Edge, Lesnar, and CM Punk. CM Punk. Who are you dropping, Doozy? John Cena. Peace out. <laughs> that's, that's like the easiest thing to ask me. Anytime you're gonna put John Cena in a case where I have to drop somebody, <laughs> bye. See you in 13 rounds, buddy. <laughs> because I don't care about John Cena. I've, I've never liked John Cena. I just watched it. What was it? The, um, something had they had a, him and Shawn Michaels had a match in 2007. I think it was it like so many years ago today, and where they battled for like an hour on Raw. And, you know, Shawn Michaels came out the winner, but it wasn't a championship match because, you know, John Cena beat him at WrestleMania. And so it was just bullshit. So fuck John Cena and his little neon green Fruity Pebbles motherfucking ass. 
You obviously like John Cena. Hate him. Brett Moore, what you thinking? I'm definitely keeping Cena. I mean, he's been he's if if you're gonna put together like a Rushmore of like top WWE stars, he's on it. You know, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, man, that's really tough. Because like I want to say Lesnar, but I mean those old Lesnar matches are are really really good. Lesnar angle, and he's yeah Lesnar Lesnar angle. Uh, the Lesnar Undertaker match is pretty good. Oh yeah, you know, and he's such an attraction. And you know, I mean, if you really sit down and think about it, and you put everything aside, I mean, that dude is a freak. I mean, he's a once in a generation talent. I mean, that's this generation's like Ric Flair. Yeah. Um, I guess by process of elimination, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Orton out, you know, and, and that I, I can't really see I can't put Edge out because I you know he's won more championships than anybody ever, you know, and I can't put out CM Punk because you know he was nobody was I don't I can't think of anybody who was as hot as he was when he was at his hottest. Yeah. You know, especially post attitude era, post ruthless aggression, whatever you want to call it. So I, I'd have to go with Orton reluctantly. Dylan, who are you going? This go actually, this actually became a really tough list. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, because I'm like thinking about it, like who the heck? Yeah, I, mean, I, I was leaning towards Punk because of tenure, but I was like, I can't do that because his because Brett Brett's right. Like when he was at his peak, it was. It was incredible, and he broke the fourth wall for so many other competitors. Um, I can't knock out Lesnar. I agree. He's he's a he's a dual sport threat. He's a beast. He's he's exciting uh, to watch. I actually think he's really good, um, and I like the accompaniment of Paul Heyman with him. Roll out Cena. So it's Cena or Orton. <laughs> uh, um, you can do it. Man. I believe in you. You know, I, here's the thing. I don't want to cut you off because essentially you're making a, a pick that's, that's hair tight. But it's Cena can't be eliminated. He's, he's today's good player. Yes, he's boring. But John Cena, and I'm not even a John Cena person because I get it. But John Cena, during any big hyped pay-per-view, comes with it at, to the mic. So the let, let me, let me re-ask this question before I answer. Is this a Mount Rushmore for like – most impactful or is this my personal Mount Rushmore? Well, it's always going to be kind of personal, you know, but at the same okay, time, bye, Cena. you can't just hate John Cena. It's not that I hate him. It's so, that I, I don't so much think with the kids. it's that I, it's that I don't think he's needed from a wrestling perspective. I'm, I'm, say, I'm a big promo guy, but from, from a wrestling perspective, he's not necessary. I, I think, I think Orton, Orton is absolutely necessary. I think honestly, the, the the clear one, and that is Edge. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Edge, cool. He's fine. But if you take a one-on-one spec, do I want, do I think Edge is cooler than Randy Orton? No offense. I like Edge. It was a nice emotional moment. Like I said, I had that on the background. That music hit. I stopped everything I was doing and turned around. Like, whoa, Edge. You know, I cut the clip for the Edge on this day, and I probably listened to that cut maybe a hundred times because I was just like so into it. Yeah, well, yeah, but to me, it's just so obvious. There was never a time where any of those other guys, like, needed the mid card to be up. 
like, and I loved what they did with the TLC, Edge and Christian, all those things. But Randy Orton's a bigger star and cooler in the ring than Edge's. And Edge's promo skills aren't through the roof. And that's lately good. But they're not through the roof to the point where it cancels out John Cena. No one's touching CM Punk. Brock Lesnar is – he's done it all. He's got Paul Heyman. Honestly, yeah. I would I would have been okay had somebody said, let's not put Edge on the list of these five and put Daniel Bryan in. Like, and I'm not even a Daniel Bryan guy. He would have been my cut. But oh, yeah, Daniel Bryan would have been my cut too. I still would have lost Cena. <laughs> okay. Na- name a bad Edge match. Has right, anyone ever seen Edge have a bad match? The worst okay, the Edge that. versus Christian. But, I mean, but that we, wasn't bad. It was just weird. I give yeah. you Edge has done a lot. But to me, Edge is almost like the Triple H of old. You get a guy like Triple H oh. every every and not not the same role, not the same role, not in any of those ways. But the way he's viewed, the way he's viewed and treated. Like for example, I, I came up with this concept based on the last list that I had. I'd like to see your blueprints for this because seriously, <laughs> you're blowing my mind right now. I need the flow chart. Look, you get a lot of people who, when they look so at the list, you have one of, person. Hold on, who? hold on. You get no, I'm not done. You get okay. a lot of people when they look at the list of The Rock, Austin, Triple H, Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels. It's oh, it's obviously Triple H. Get Triple H out of it. They don't really stop and take. And, and, and I see it, and I've seen it a lot in the messages. There's so many people. When I ask people personally, it happens all the time, and I'm just like, Triple H has done so much. He stood through the whole thing. He was a great heel. He was entertaining as a face. He was great with TX. He was great as a bad guy. He stu- He was with The Rock, all of them, right? But he gets no respect. He's always kind of like, eh. And like Edge, he gets that same vibe for me. Yes, he has great matches, but how often am I like talking about Edge? Never. I'm always, you talk about CM Punk. You talk about what he did. You talk about Cena. Lesnar's in your face left and right. There's no way. Orton is always looked at as the underrated guy. There's never moments where I bring up Edge. If I told somebody, oh, Edge. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good guy vote. Yeah, I'll vote for Edge. But it's always an afterthought. He's always next on the list. I hate and this not guy. Not him. But dude, whoever you're talking to, it's less important than what you got going on right here. In the reality, <laughs> <laughs> Edge I, is not a bigger star. He was talking to Gangrel from The Brood and just <laughs> – I think that's who he's thinking of. I think that's who he's thinking of. He's not thinking of Edge, Edge. He's thinking of Gangrel. <laughs> he's thinking of a Kramer the Hitman heart. <laughs> but no, <laughs> Kenny Kramer, <laughs> Mr. Kenny Kramer, and I love it. I'm just saying, it just—he's not there. He's not there with that. Those guys were upper tier their whole career. He was upper tier for a little bit, you know. All right. Well, you guys will have your opportunity to to put Seal Kid on your list later on in our list segment. But for now, we're gonna put this Swerve Bro to bed. Um, and we're going to move on to our next segment, which is Soundbite of the Week. Uh, I'll tell you what the Soundbite of the Week is. And with the first overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. Yes. Duh. Who cares? Who cares? We are back. Nobody cares oh, a fuck. Bengals, Buccaneers, I'm Super Bowl. Black. Ah. All right. Well, for the for the better sound bites of the week, we have uh, since we haven't had this in a couple weeks, we're gonna go with a couple AEWs ago. Jericho has been in the broadcast for AEW, and he has been dynamite on the mic uh, behind the booth. And uh, there was a point in the match it was the best friends versus um, uh, I can't remember the other the other, the other best friends. 
the other the other best <laughs> friends it's the trio of whoever they are and uh that kelly diva wrestler gets on the ring and strips down and he he says to kind of distract uh the wrestler and jericho says i wouldn't fall for that and i just thought that was pretty hilarious but the more hilarious thing is afterwards orange cassidy gets on the ring and mimics kelly and does the same thing (laughs) (laughs) so i thought that was pretty good um the other one was corbin was beating the snot out of elias uh this past week which by the way that feud needs to be put to bed but anyways during during that corbin needs to be put to bed corbin needs to be put to bed during that corbin mocks phantom of the opera and says sing for me in the tone of phantom of the opera while beating up elias which i thought was pretty clever to give it to corbin um biggie was making out with the world tag team championship belt after they won it for the eight times (laughs) and the last thing was this past week on AEW, they had the uh bubbly bunch from the inner circle on AEW, which was basically a zoom video hangout between the inner circle and they did a flim flam competition which don't even get me started on how awful tiktok is but uh jericho got pissed once sammy guevara went pretty ham on that dance and said enjoy your hand sanitizer sammy and threw it at the telephone so any other sound bites we have to add to that group but those are the ones that i thought were pretty wild out there I mean, anything Britt Baker does is gold, but, you know, <laughs> that's all I got to add. No, I'm, I love the Big E one, though. You know I me, mean? I'm a big, 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 big E fan. And so, you know, that was pretty hilarious. Awesome. Yeah, we'll I think see. the, um, the uh, CL kid saying Edge should be out of the list. <laughs> that might well, be the sound bite of the week, dude, right? No, just, just. I respect your I respect your personal opinion. That's cool and everything, but now you're just trying to piss me off. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I stood up for your senior pick. (laughs) These two are trying to get rid of me. I don't know what direction you have your boxes, but these two. You're underneath me, and I'm about to take a dump. (laughs) Yeah, I got Jake up here, and then you down here, and Deuce over here. So climbing the corporate ladder. Oh, climbing the corporate ladder. (laughs) I feel like get tossed off the building from these guys. I mean, there just really isn't much to say about some of the sound bites. I mean, yeah, when you got Jericho on the mic or on the commentary, okay, that's what you're going to get. But when they're trying to cut promos in the ring, trying to say stuff with no live crowd, it's tough. It really is. It's even tough to just listen to and try to react at home. Like, what do you say? Okay, not worth rewinding. But when a crowd actually gets behind something – then what the person said is important and it becomes important to us. So Yeah, I think I, I agree there and I definitely update. Sean Cusack says Corbin should win money in the bank. That's probably the take of the week. It's it's not quite the CLK oh, edge thing. So Sean, I fucking <laughs> love you, dude. So dumb. You're a good man. I don't know who you are. He doesn't Jack even wear sleeves. Add me. <laughs> Add me. He's Never heard of this show guy, but he's so wrong. <laughs> he's awful. Well, banging on the K name from Corbin. Holy shit, you're lucky we're on cam, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, uh, go ahead, did anybody Brett. talk about when did anybody talk about Nia Jax calling out Ronda Rousey? Has that been oh, we met up since then? Nope. No. We should yeah, probably I, leave it. Leave it? Yeah, oh yeah. 
Leave that, okay. leave that where if, it needs if, to be. If Nia Jax hadn't just almost crippled Io Shirai, we'd be talking about it, but whatever. Nia Jax isn't going to last much longer. <laughs> so speaking right, so speaking of Nia Jax and being a dump, um, taking a dump on broadcast is AEW. And so that brings us to our next segment, which, which is, what's the deal? What's the deal with AEW and their broadcasting approach? Have you noticed that sometimes Jim Ross is solo? Sometimes he's not even there. Jericho's on the broadcast team. What is going on? with their broadcast approach, King Ducey. I honestly think they're trying to revamp. They're trying to figure out what they want to do mm. once everything gets settled, who they're going to have in that booth. Yeah, we all know Jim Ross is classic. Okay, Jericho, you know, he's got his stuff. He's got what he, we all know Jericho talks way too much. Talks almost as much as CO Kid does. But, you know, with more potential and more poise and grace. Too late. Um, you're, you're in love. <laughs> but uh, I, that's what I honestly believe. I think they're trying to figure out where they're going to go after this is all done and once they're live and who's going to be listening, uh, you know, at home. And, you know, you know, like I said, we all know Jim Ross. We grew up with listening to Jim Ross. But now with AEW coming in, something new, hmm, maybe we should give the people Jericho. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't. But that's what I think, is that I think that they're revamping. See you, kid? Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think they're just trying to do anything they can to experiment while their expectations are low. Um, you have an opportunity to really try and try new things, and people are going to give you hate no matter what at this point. So it's like the same thing with the crowd element, putting the rest of there, and you know, doing whatever you can. Because once the audience comes back, you're kind of going to go with one shtick. That's going to be it. So... You know, I'll admit that a lot of times when I watch AEW back, I have I have the volume kind of low. I'm doing my music thing here, and you know, I'm listening in and out, so I miss a lot of it. But as much as I love Jericho, and then the Ross thing, obviously grew up with him. I love Jericho as well, but you know, I know Brett Moore was talking about um, Biggie and, and loving Biggie, and sometimes you get New Day, and you get the New Day on on commentary, and I love New Day, but sometimes they roll a little too much. And if you watch this past Raw, they had. Um, What's this guy's name? Uh, you know, get the smoke, whatever the tag team. Oh, is. the primetime players? <laughs> no. Not, is that what they're called now? Oh, wait, no, the street profits. The street profits, dude. Oh. Good Lord. I'm like, if, if, Vince cha- if Vince changed street profits, I was about to be pissed. No, no, no. So Millions of dollars. <laughs> Millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. All Day. Mr. No Day's on. So, um, yeah, they had them in there, and I guess there was a time where they, they were just really rolling it, and uh, they even had an article about how they were they, awful. Yes, they were no, bad. When I say rolling, I don't mean they're doing well. I mean they, oh. just, they just kept going, you know. And they they had an article out there about how maybe Vince was in the ear of you know the other guys at the booth, like stop them, shut them up. In. Yeah, they finally stopped. And something like that, I get on. Like I said, I don't listen to. I don't have the volume really high, but sometimes a guy like Jericho does that or just keeps going in moments when I'm trying to enjoy the match. And, you know, it, it takes away from a little bit. So I'm okay with them experimenting. I'm not a big fan of any of the angles so far. I don't, I'm not not sure what they're going to finalize with. Hmm. But, you know, it's a breath of fresh air when you have an opportunity to do it. Why not? Did – um? do you think so, – so Jerry Lawler stopped them 
and was like, all right, guys, like, calm down. Do you think that was, like, legit? Or do you think yeah. that was part of just the, like... I think it was it was legit. He just came off a little too sharp. I don't think okay. he should have come off. Like, you know, he's like, tell him here, cut him out, slow him down, maybe. And it he's was a shoot. Yeah, you would have thought he was probably meant to come off a little less, you know, abrupt. But yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised that they're not also in the ear of Vince in those moments. Like, if you're going to put them on commentary, give them the same, you know, vocal so that they can understand early on instead of putting the pressure on Kate. I don't know. I heard they almost gave Jerry Lawler a heart attack. So. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> oh, shit. That, was, that was gold, Jerry. Gold. Oh, Brett, yeah. what do you think, man? What do you think of this announcing setup, huh? Um, going into this before these other two dudes to, dudes spoke, I kind of took it as more of a like all hands on deck. You got to do what you got to do, kind of things. Mm. But that does make sense. I mean, you know, because Jim Ross is the best to ever do it. But I mean he's not going to be around much longer. And then conversely, you got Chris Jericho who, you know, has more he's matches behind him than he longer. does in front of him. What would you say? <laughs> I said he's not going to be around much longer either. Well, right. So, I mean, his wrestling career has, you know, it's coming to an end sooner rather than later. I could see Jericho doing like a, you know, Bobby Heenan kind of thing where he, you know, transitions into, being uh, an announcer he'd kill it i mean it's chris jericho he's never done anything poorly i mean you know say what you want about fozzy's music but he's out there doing it and mm -hmm. having a good time and everything so Even you know that Bruce sings it yeah you know and i mean that that makes sense but then again it really could be like a you know desperate times call for desperate measures kind of thing if you were a little girl on american idol and i had a golden buzzer or is America's Got Talent? I would hit that right now, Brett. That was that was a strong take, my dude. I love that. The Bobby Heenan point was excellent. I think Jericho's been great. I just don't know what they're doing. I, I think Jericho's added really solid color commentary. Um, and I don't think he's gone off the rails like the Street Profits, but I, I, I yeah. But um, but yeah, we'll see. By the way, uh, we talked a few weeks ago about uh, aw entrance music and how it's like not as loud and stuff i noticed when gold dust fought this past week or dusty Rhodes. i'm sorry uh, when he Dustin. fought this past three past week he his music is brain stew by green day it's like a different version has anyone else noticed that oh so he did like the ddp thing where he yeah exactly spirit and yeah it's it's yeah. brain stew so i was like holy what is that and i like it's thought about it i was like oh, it's brain stew but um it's dustin Rhodes. you gonna dustin, tell him no yeah that's true that's fair grandson of a plumber baby <laughs> uh so around the wrestling life community so please vote on the polls that are taking place after uh brett's classic wrestlemania polls we have some new polls up about the worst wrestler ever to walk the face of the earth um we are in the qualifying round which means there are eight groups top four from each group will move on to the tournament of 32 and that will probably start in the next few days so keep paying attention to those polls out there um next up is yeah, yeah go for it Yo, who put who decided to put rick flair in there who do you who think do, who do I, who, yeah who do i have to dick tap vince mcmahon mercandetti that's who dude rick flair he put rick flair how is he, and mankind how is he in the there. group it's oh that one 
Rick Flair and Mick Foley is the worst. Oh, Giant Gonzalez is whack. Dude, I mean, this is a great colleague. Great colleague's going to win the whole damn thing. He's Great colleague sucks. Oh, he's bad. I think Goldberg should win it. <laughs> um, all right, next up uh, is our uh, uh, Brett. We've been waiting for this for a while now. We want to hear an impression of the late and great Howard Finkel. Howard Finkel. Okay. <clears throat> and now, coming to the ring from Death Valley, the Undertaker. How's that? Got Terrible. Is that good? I love impressions, and I thought that was great. From San Antonio, Texas, <laughs> the Heartbreak Kid, Sean Michaels. There you go. You know, best Howard Finkel impression ever. Thank there you, buddy. Go. Very nice. Thank you. King Brett So rest in peace, Fink. You know, he, he was he was one of those guys where you know I listen to a ton of these wrestling podcasts. And all everyone I've ever listened to, anyone that ever dealt with him, nobody ever had a bad thing to say about the guy. So, you know, I mean, if you take that into consideration, he was, you know, I've been called by lots of people, the most loved man in the history of rest, the wrestling business. And, you know, the day after the day of the Instagram posts and everything, you could really tell that was true. So, you know, plus he was a part of so many iconic moments. So, you know, rest in peace, Fink. Yeah, for sure. I actually just watched the uh, CM Punk brought him back the other day. Um, he didn't bring back the other day, but you know, the clip back then yeah. for the pay per view, and I was like, man, it's just like even that was so nostalgic feeling and, and nice. So definitely agree. Oh damn it! Chase Young went to the Redskins. Yeah, we knew that was coming. You knew that was. Coming, I hate dude. it. When, I hate it when Buckeyes play for the Redskins. Man, that sucks. You a Skins fan? I hate the Redskins. I don't even call them the Reds. Sorry, the team from Washington. I don't like them. Oh, Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I digress. You know, we're we're uh, we're just like Monday Night Raw and, and battling the ratings of the NFL draft here. Pod Jobbers cast going against the, the NFL draft. draft, dude. Taking it on. Bulk of our listeners are watching the draft right now, so we'll have to catch oh, us just... on the. Uh, I'm watching it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had a notification pop up. Podcasters here are watching the trap. <laughs> oh man! Um, all right. Well, our next segment, which is a personal favorite of mine, is where we're not too happy with quite a few people out there, and we want to make our declaration of how we're not so happy. So, this segment, do you know what happens when people screw up? You just made the list. And we're going to go with we Brett Moore first. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> come back to me. <laughs> oh, CL kid. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm going to. Let's make the list. Oh, my <laughs> we have a sound bite. <laughs> All right. So uh, my list is, you know, a little different, but still, I'm going to actually roll with there's a line that CM Punk says in his, his popular shoot, you know, breaks fourth wall, does all that. And everyone starts, you know, kind of cheering for a moment after he says, you know, I'm the best on the mic in this ring and even on commentary. And if I can touch me, he comes after with you people cheering me. You're just as big as problem because you buy all the cups and you feed in and all that. So my list is to people like doozy 
who stopped watching Raw, who stopped watching SmackDown, who are the reason the complainers who stopped giving the ratings because all of a sudden things aren't the way you want them to be. Like I am actually finally, because like I said, that first Raw after Mania was was trash. They didn't try and now you know the whole deal with the tapings and them getting permission to go live and all that. Straight trash, fine. homie. Fine, right? So beyond that, I thought they actually did a pretty good job these past two weeks. Not saying that there was anything entertaining, that I was hanging on everywhere or any of those moments. But they let Drew McIntyre look like a beast. They introduced a new tandem of three guys that are pretty much the same damn person. But you finally group them together and give them the right the right idea. He goes over them, which he should. Some people are annoyed by that, but I thought that was fine. I like the Bray Wyatt angle because to make Braun Strowman interesting in any form is tough to do, and he's done that. And I just think, you know, the tag match, I like Big E winning it the way it does. It sets up for a Morrison singles run. It gives Miz back his single run. Hopefully he just stays true heel. And I think they did a lot this past two weeks. Or the past two weeks, this past week with both shows, I should say. And a lot of people just go well out of their way to hate. And I think with an audience, the show they put on wouldn't have been a step down from anything they normally put on. So I'm going to give them some credit, and I'm going to really just hate and put the fans on the list this time because the expectations are too high, and eventually you got to give them something because I, even I hate, but you got to give them some kind of credit. You can't just dip out the back door because The Rock went off to Hollywood like Doozy did just because he didn't want to watch a boring Raw or SmackDown. Stay with the shit, buddy. He went to uh... – Star 69 Hollywood, Channel 69 Hollywood. That's where Deucey went. Okay, hang on. Before, before we go any further, allow me to defend myself. Because I was, I was just called out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a chance to do this, Deucey, okay, because I'm calling you out later. Um, number one, that Raw after – no, no, I haven't, I haven't done my list yet. I'm just defending myself against the crap that's being thrown in my face, mm-hmm. all right? You tell me that best Raw of the year. Right after WrestleMania. Garbage. I saw jobber That's after nice. jobber after jobber. Yeah. I Then Nia Jax comes back. Okay, maybe something good here. And I'm like, you know what? No, it's it's not. It's not going to be good. We're going to hear people talking and talking and talking, and there's going to be less impact in the ring. Speaking of, I would probably rather watch Impact than I would Raw or SmackDown this past couple weeks. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think there's something to do. Maybe I'll pick my nose or touch my anus or something. But what I'm saying, though, is, is yes, I need the live audience. I need to feel what they're feeling because right now I'm feeling what they're feeling, and it's just morose. It's piss poor. Which leads me to my next segment of who made the list. Tonight it happens to be our lucky person beneath me, and that's CL Kid. Because I've got, I've got a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about it. So it starts with you, CL Kid. First of all, you can't knock Edge the way that you did, all right? That man's a fucking pioneer, and you show respect to where it is, all right? You grew up in an age where Ruthless Aggression tore their way to Spike TV, okay? You were watching Spike TV back when I didn't even know it was on Spike TV. I stayed true to USA, all right? or TNN, whatever network you were watching it. I grew up on that shit. It's USA Network, all right? And so Edge is my – Edge is awesome, okay? You say what you want about John Cena, word life, you know, this dude's, this dude's trash, all right? I don't need to hear him spitting hot fire like some other people I know, like CO Kid. That guy's a pioneer in this industry. 
and people need to hear his music, but they don't need to hear you trashing on Edge. All right. And so I'm sorry. I like you. I almost borderline love you for what you are. But to hate on Edge like the way you did, you made my list, bro. And for a whole until we're back the next time, I'm looking at you with nothing but fury. I'm out. Okay, so I get my defense. You get your defense. I get my defense moment, do I not? Or are we yes. jumping forward? <laughs> okay. You get it. So, Brett Moore made the point earlier about CM Punk not being cuttable because of when he was hot, he was hot. That was it. There was no, there no one above him at that moment. He really took reins, right? Not Roman reigns. So, nonetheless, when he's hot, he's hot. These other guys, when they're hot, they were extremely hot. Edge, for me, was never the guy ever in that era. And I'm not knocking Edge. Again, I like Edge. Edge came back. I, I was sitting there crying, you know, but you know, I'm going to sit there and enjoy the moment and love it. And I loved Edge back then. Those triple threat ladder matches are some of my favorite matches ever. I still point to them and I try to tell people, no, no, wrestling's cool. Look at this. But Edge, compared to what those guys have done career-wise, compared to the legacy those guys have, it's not as if he's doing – you know, and I'm not saying this is the way I like to watch wrestling, but it's not as if he was doing Rey Mysterio things at a time when no one could do anything. And like, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's doing flips and stuff at a time when no one could do anything like that. So Edge was never this above average wrestler that made you go, oh man, his wrestling skill, like a Daniel Bryan, his tactician or whatever it may be, that really grabs at you. And he doesn't have a hot point like those guys did. So I'm not knocking Edge. I just thought he was the obvious clear next in line. He's next he tier. nailed Lita in the middle of the WWE ring. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. But I'm more How does it get? <laughs> I was more of a Trish Stratus person. <laughs> but not <laughs> 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 you know? Your defense so, is made. I, I, I stay humble. I, I take back a little bit of my all right. I, I love you, Doozy. I love King Doozy. I love that he's taken after the King Corbin name. I love <laughs> that his headset works. Brought it back. Okay, now I'm back. Now you brought me back. Okay, Your mic sounds back. the best right now. I have had King in my name since I was in high school because ladies always needed a king I, I and I needed his, a queen. I love his auto-tune headset. I love the fact that he has the, the auto-tune headset. I, I love it. He's got the cane mask sound. <laughs> man, Charlie is daring to be sour. He this is show daring to be sour. Edge, should I say? And it's about time that we got away from ESPN mode and we started really getting personal here, making this fun. Somebody <laughs> else talk besides Chucky. So what? What I'll say to add on to CLK a little bit. I guess between Edge and Orton, were they were were either of them ever the guy? Was Orton ever the guy? I can see. I see what you're guy for like a decade. Orton. Oh, my fault, Brett Moore, not to cut you off. But I just where my tiebreaker with those two go is Orton's finishers is amazing. It's fun, and then his in. Yeah, I just liked his in-ring status altogether. What do you think, Brett? Um, about this or my list things. I did think I'm about go to your list. My list. No, no problem, dude. Um, so I'm doing my list. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> uh, my list would be the state of Florida declaring WWE an essential business. You know, blatant, blatant corruption. I, I, I don't want to bring politics into shit like this, but, you know, that's some out in the open corrupt ass bullshit. And it's not cool. I'll leave yeah. it at that. If they I, die, had to, I had to die. explain that to like a hundred people 
they're like, oh, they're, so they're going to be back. They're going to have audiences. I was like, no, no, no. They're not going to have that. Well, they're, they're an essential business now. I'm like, yes, it's all about the money and the corruption. It's nothing about. It's good shit. <laughs> Ruthless aggression. You just made the list. <laughs> Florida. Who's on yours? Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to break a lot of hearts out there. Oh, because be this storyline really chaps my ass. I cannot stand the Otis and Mandy Rose garbage that is taking place on my television. It is worse than Bobby Lashley and Lana. It is worse than Maria and Mike Kanellis. It is garbage. Awful. I cannot stand Otis. He sucks. All he is is a meatball that is running around the ring, rubbing his tummy, and he grunts <laughs> half the time. I can't even tell what's going on. He's just grunting while he's wrestling. He's doing the worm? No, that's not a finisher. You're not Scotty Too Hotty. That doesn't work anymore. Rikishi's not around. Choose your own big power man finisher and go that route. It doesn't make any sense. Thank God Dolph Ziggler is there to job because I would have no interest in the storyline if it wasn't. So, Mandy Rose and Otis, I have one thing to say to you. And you know what happens? <laughs> you just made the list! <laughs> Slick. Jake, I would think with from somebody who ended up with somebody who was way out of their league, I, I figured you'd <laughs> like this kind of thing. Yes! Man. True. I've been saving that, bud. <laughs> Hold on, I got another one for you. Ah, uh, it cut off. We can't hear it. Oh, I can't hear it. It's Kurt Angle saying, "Oh, it's true." Thank it's you, Brent. True. Because <laughs> Otis and Mandy Rose is awesome TV. It's entertaining. Oh, I, I get the first. Okay, I I get the WrestleMania thing. I understand that. But at this point, do you do you honestly care about it? Are you honestly looking forward to it, Ducey? I, I look forward to Mandy Rose. I've talked about this how many times. I look okay, 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 whatever, fine. But uh, but Otis and Mandy Rose, you look forward to that aspect of it. You got in my. I've been told this before in my life. You got to take the sweet with the sour. So if I have to have Otis to get Mandy Rose, fuck it. But you can have Mandy Rose without Otis. She's still gonna get yeah. airtime. You could have her in a in a lesbiana storyline with what's her face. That that Sonya could work. Dude, Sonya I would Deville. Watch that shit over any. You know, they should do it. But no. they should do. It. I thought it should have ended at Mania because, like I was saying before, it like led up almost like the Elizabeth, you know, idea with you know Macho Man. But it should have been ended there. But if you take what you just said, Jake, and you build this storyline up, and the reason she's upset is because she's in love with her romantically, and then you build them up to be that storyline of lesbian kind of thing. Who knows what kind of heat you're going to build each week with that. Are you watching that, villain? Hell yeah, I am. That's, that's the only yeah. reason why I cared about the Lana Lashley storyline, because what was her face came out and was like, oh, yeah, I was in love with Lana. And I was like, ooh, this can take an interesting Ooh, turn. one moment, I was killed. I was like, yeah. yeah that, and then it became pointless. And you're like, what the hell was the point of that? Yeah. Just to disrupt the – they don't Is know what they're – PC they, to be talking about lesbianism? What? I didn't know if it was PC to be talking about lesbianism. I, I don't know. I, 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 why not? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing. Good for them. It's, it's, that's too easy. They already did that with, you know, Mickey James and 
you know, Tristratus, a variation of it anyway, you know, it's, at it's, least with this point, you got, you, you create a baby face out of Otis because this is a chud looking dude who's getting the best looking girl, one of the best looking girls in the company, you know, that, that creates a bona fide baby face. You can't, you can't top a baby face like that, you know, and Dolph Ziggler's a great heel. Sonya Deville's turned out. She's been impressive as hell, you know, throughout this whole angle, her performance and everything, doing the caddy girl thing. That was pretty cool. You, you, if you make man or if you make Mandy and Sonya lesbians together, it's the obvious thing to do. It's so easy. It's so lazy. You know, this way you, you're not doing what everyone's expecting you to do. And people will, complain about oh wwe doing the obvious thing again so i'm i'm for it i'm for it yeah and you really want otis to be like imagine if he had rusev level like oh he's a baby face and he's rusev and he does power moves and and he does all the right things it's well that makes it more boring the fact that he is a loser the fact that he is out of shape that he does silly things corny as hell mind you but those are the things that really help the storyline progress if that was rusev in place this would be you're all wrong mark my words this will last for about a month and then no one will care about it anymore there's no way to keep the creativity here i agree i agree going this route is probably more creative than the other route for sure but there's there's not much more you can do you can't have otis and mandy rose be it for everything and once that happens then otis what do you have with him anymore so um, unfortunately, my sound bites are not playing all the time consistently, so I can't play this next sound bite. But I would like a little bit of a rendition from everyone for the next one. So, in the uh, are we starting this? Everything has come to light. Yeah. All right. There's your chance to feel. Chance to feel alive. I almost hit Miles Kennedy in my car. That was fun. Jobbers harmony, baby. On this day, about 17 years ago, WCW buffed the stuff Bagwell. Gets injured, pretty serious injury, in a match, in a tag match with the Steiner brothers. And during the match, ironically, he was basically trying to mouth to them that he was hurt bad. It was his spine leading up to his neck. They didn't hear him, so they kept going at it. Scott Steiner, I think, hit him with a chair or something like that. Finally, they get him out of the ring. They drag him out. Pretty bad. The reason why this is important is because about six months later, when Bagwell comes back to WCW, Scott Steiner basically is tagging still with Rick Steiner and Buff and Buff Bagwell says, I'm done with the NWO and renounces Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, and is going to, is going to turn face, right? Wrong. What happens is Scott Steiner turns heel on his brother, which is one of the biggest heel turns in wrestling history. And Sure enough, sitting ringside, who's in a wheelchair, Buff Bagwell, gets out of the wheelchair, tears the neck brace off, and starts beating Rick Steiner with it and gets Scott Steiner to join the NWO. So a pretty classic day in this history. What do you guys think? 
Hey, kid, let's hear from you. All right. Uh, I guess I'm always first now, right? <laughs> Honestly, no offense to the storyline and all that. It works amazing if you if you input somebody else in there. But for me, Bagwell, I don't really care, honestly. Bagwell's lame. He's boring. Steiner's lame. He can't even speak on the mic. He's, you know, he's the worst of mic of all time. I mean, he's entertaining on the mic because he's boring as hell. He has one of the best promos of all time. Well, out of your mind, this, dude. This guy is 144 and two-thirds percent. Friggin' yeah. losing his mind up in here. He'll kid. He'll kid. He's one of the funnest promos of all time because he's such a moron. They even had the thing where – Jericho was told before he goes out not to mess up you know don't don't make fun of him if he messes up don't make fun of him because we already know he's gonna mess up like he doesn't know what he's gonna do he goes out there and Jericho calls him oh you're out there you know he's like with your King Arthur you know second coming of King Arthur with your shawl and he's like well kick your King Arthur ass and it's like you're King Arthur (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy it I love Steiner promo I love looking at him but like as a, product, eh. as a promo a product, he's lame. Like he's not good. And I enjoyed it, but he's not good. So for me, this exact storyline and all that works wonderfully with other wrestlers. However, with that, I'm just kind of like, meh, you know, not really that interested. I honestly, when we talked about having this as the, as the moment, I was, you know, I'm sure someone else was as well, but I was definitely like, that's the moment for the day this year. Like, hold on a second. Like, there's an NFL draft today. That's the moment of this year. Like, forget this freaking bag wall crap. Yeah, but that's just me. It's more of not the storyline, not everything that happened. It's just Bagwell's name. Insert wrong character. More. So, insert Gronk here? I think said Gronk. I said, I said, that's insert anyone else. No, Gronk. Oh, I you said Gronk insert Gronk here. 24-7 champion. No, no, no. Gronk is the worst. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> I love. <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm. I'm gonna. We'll get to Brett. Because okay. first of all, I love Buff the Stuff Bagwell. Better mm. fan. That guy's awesome. You know, I mean, his finishers cool. I like the way he does it. I like just. I just like him. I mean, he's been in Cinemax softcore porn. He's he's funny. He's a funny guy. And he, you know, the way it went down, had Steiner have actually listened. And heard that, hey, you know, this guy's fucked up. Okay, we got to get him out of here. We got to just end this match. Maybe something could have been spared of Buff's career. Because after that, he, you know, just wasn't the same. Wasn't the same. And it's, yeah, okay. It led to the Steiner heel, which, you know, his fucking muscles, dude. It just pisses me off. I, I, I don't really care for the guy, but he's funny on the mic. He's good. He's good stuff. He's just that guy that you just – and plus he bleaches this stuff. I tried it. It doesn't work for me, okay? Trust <laughs> me, I wanted confirm. it so bad. I wanted the white around here and then just the darkness right here. But just unfortunately not for me. Couldn't work. Um, but, yeah, he's good on the mic. And if it wasn't for that heel turn, him wearing, you know, the chain mail and just coming out, I, I – could Impact have been what it had been if it wasn't for him being as heel coming out of WCW like that? Now we will go on to Brett Moore. Well, you know, when you're doing the the reason you do he did the dark stuff right here, that's not like dying stuff. What you got to do is you got to get like uh, like mascara or like some black makeup, and that's how he made that pro tip. Um, Fuck out of here. But uh, 
Um, the only negative part of the whole thing was the fact that Scott Steiner became the 147th member of the NWO. That's the only negative negative part of the whole thing. You know, it was a great storyline. I've always been a big Buff Bagwell fan as well. He's the Randall Gritchick of the wrestling world, you know, and he just, you know, he, 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 it doesn't ever seem like he takes himself too seriously. Like he's, he's always laughing at the fact that we're laughing at him because he's such, he's such like a unapologetic douchebag and he's just that, like, that's his character. I, I appreciate the commitment to that. He's got that shit eating grin that makes you want to punch him in the face and everything. And, you know, I, I, I get it. I've always been a buff Bagwell fan as well, you know? So I Scott, like it. Scott Steiner, he he uh, he always had that little muscle on top of a muscle when he would flex. Yeah, like right here. Yeah, just it just sat. Yeah, it was there. like another. Yeah, and then he had that like rock on his bicep yeah. that just like I don't know if it was like a torn tendon or something, but it just like sat there and kind of was weird. I'm a huge sucker for guys for for wrestlers who uh, address the crowd and have catchphrases like the New Age Outlaws, like Enzo Amore, like that. The Rock. The rock. I think rock. it's. I think it's really cool when they do stuff like that. So Scott Steiner, I'm shocked by your you're you're a person who loves promo seal, kid. I'm stunned that you uh you're not I a enjoy, fan. I enjoy what it is. I'm, now I, I get what you're saying. Me, my bad, Brett. You go ahead. No, you're good. I'm sorry. No, I was good. just saying I, I was just saying I get what you're saying. Mm. He's I mean you know, Seal he's, Kid's been full of hate all night. <laughs> I mean he's been hating on left this, left right. I mean it's, I'm a fuck him. I don't know. <laughs> I look at it this way. His promos were, yes, they're entertaining because of how bad, they're bad. Be. But and I, and I love that. I'm glad that happened and somebody's doing that. It's almost like the R-Truth thing. If you mm-hmm. watch R-Truth now and you're like, who's this idiot R-Truth? I was like, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, minus the fact that that wasn't the point with him, but it just panned out that way. It made it amazing. I enjoyed it. But like with my wrestler legacy, if I was a, a superstar in the WWE, would you, oh, you can speak like Steiner. But, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to speak like Steiner. So he's not a good promo guy. He just happens to have good moments because of how bad his promos were. And they were entertaining as hell. As a wrestler, like you said, the finisher was nice. You know, he looks the part, all those things. The storyline was great, as you referenced. But for me, I don't know. I just, I was never into Bagwell in a, in a big way. Kind of like you said, Brett Moore, it was a great point that he was never out there. Like he stuck to his character. He was never too full of himself, never bigger than he needed to be. And that's a testament to him. But, so I respect that. However, for me, I never, because of something like that, I never really bonded with him as a fan. So for me, it's not a big moment because of that, not because of his lack of skill. Fair enough. All right. Well, that uh, brings us through to all of our segments. Uh, Brett, I think you had something else you wanted to mention tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hearts and thoughts and prayers and all the positive vibes and everything going out to uh, Life Group OG, Henry Maldonado. Uh, passing of your grandma we're all thinking of you buddy and you know you know us anything we can do in your you know time and and anything you need let us all know you know we're we're thinking about you so sorry to hear about it condolences from all all of us good vibes and good spirits going out to you brother our thoughts and prayers are with you man awesome well thank you guys for another riveting night of pod jobbers we had some edge bashing we had some howard finkel impressions and we had some hate going on Thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time.